0: This is the Horse Radio Network. Not everybody has the privilege of riding at a big training barn. This week, we'll discuss the pros and cons of riding at home and showing alone. Showjumpers are taking a page out of the Eventing Safety Playbook. And did you know Idris Alba has a horse allergy? Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over
1: drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy 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 Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And
2: I'm Ellie Woznica. Welcome to episode 74 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey, guys.
0: Hi, ladies. How's it going? Not
2: bad. Surviving 2020, I think, is all we can hope for at this point.
1: Right. (laughs) So this episode is brought to us by Gold. If you guys have not heard, Eagle Gold is actually doing a dressage symposium, and they are having three Olympic international trainers. It is Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the participants will engage with the presenters and be able to ask questions and watch the riders demonstrate methods through their videos. And this event's open to all the levels. So everybody should join. It's going to be super fun. It has one of my favorite people, two-time Olympian, Jackie Brooks. She's going to go through the understanding biomechanics, the principles of effective riding. Also, Shannon Dweck, and she's going to talk about what in front of the leg really means. And then Aless Jordan Gunderson, and she's going to be talking about unlocking the secrets of rideability. Three of my favorite dressage people, you guys have got to go in. It's unbelievable. You guys have got to go first. I'm not sure if there's even the first 50 registrants, but the cost of it's $195 to register. But the first 50 people to enter get a free EcoGold saddle pad. So, I mean, what a deal can that be? And basically, if you're in the U.S., you go to bit.ly slash dress slash symposium to register. And then for Canadians, the link is bit.ly Slash dress slash symposium Canada, and we'll put all those links in the notes and everything so you guys can make sure you enter. But make sure you check it out because I am super excited to hear what everybody thinks about it. So, we're going to do something different with the drink. I have been craving a ton of wine lately, I love red and white wine and everything else. But I wanted to know what you guys' favorite wines and what you're kind of drinking right now it can change with the season. But I thought I would kick it off by, I love right now to do kind of like a wine spritzer. We've done it before, but my favorite is I do the Kim Kim Crawford Sav Blanc. And I love that actually with a bunch of ice and top it off with like half a can of Perrier. And that Mm. is like my go-to drink right now. So it's like, you're not drinking a ton of alcohol, but you really are. But you kind of have that water at the same time and it's sparkling and it keeps it cold so basically I get it out of the fridge but the ice and the cold Perrier like really make it on point I think so that is like it's actually what I'm drinking right now as we're doing this but it is like my go-to kind of summer drink if you say so Justine what are you doing?
0: Ooh, well first of all that sounds really good That's so really good I'm definitely a go-to red wine person, so I've been drinking a lot of Noble Vines. There's 667 Pinot Noir. I'm a big fan of Pinot Noirs lately, and oh, I just, it's good. It is good, and I just like it because it's easy to find. It's like a good brand that you know you will find at most grocery stores. So like yeah. it's always it's always at my Publix. It's occasionally on sale at Publix, and I just know it's going to be a good glass of like a, a nice bold red wine that I like. So that that is my wine pick for this week. But what That's about you, Ellie? One.
2: So you guys know that I, I like fruity things. But I do I do like more traditional wines. But lately I've been really into Hazlitt's Brambleberry. So it's like a mixture of like raspberry and blackberry and it's super light bodied. So it's more of like a fruit wine. And it's made locally up in like the Finger Lakes area of New York. So it's got, like, Concord grapes and raspberry and blackberry. And it's so good, and you serve it cold, which, like, that's the one thing. I don't like wine unless it's cold, even if it's a Pinot Noir, so it's really weird. But in any case, I love this. And actually, I read something on the internet the other day that said that you should pour it generously over ice cream. So mm, that it might, like You might be able to make kind of, like, like, a root beer float out of it, which I'm definitely— going to try when we're done with this because that sounds fantastic so i know that i've already talked about you know extinctions in different breeds of horses but i found this new and i don't know if you guys have heard about baby kurt and it's a shivalski horse which is um like the closest ancestor that we have today um to the very first horses so they're native from like europe and asia and they have cloned a horse that was, um, that's DNA was cryopreserved in 1980. So the original stallion was born in 1975 and lived in the UK until 1998. So they've re cloned him um, and he's super cute and his name is Kurt. And people think that he's gonna be, or the scientists rather, think that he's gonna be super important to the genetic variation. And bringing it back. So hopefully we can save these guys from being an endangered species.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, that's cool.
2: It yeah, cool. I think it's exciting. And they're super cute. They kind of are just like, they remind me a lot of um, fjords in like body type. But they're like dun colored. Huh. So what about you, Justine?
0: Okay, so have you guys heard about um, the Concrete Cowboys movie that's coming out?
2: I have heard of it. I
0: have not so, watched the trailer. So it's uh, just quickly, it's it's based on some urban cowboys that are real people from actually your, your neck of the woods, kind of, Ellie, um, in Philly. They're in Philadelphia. And uh, this movie has been in the works in the, for a little while, but it just recently screened at the Toronto Film Festival. Uh, and one of the big stars from it is Idris Elba. If you know who he is, and then we also uh, the Stranger Things uh, actor Caleb McLaughlin is in it as well. So they were both. Uh, They're in a lot of like media interviews right now because the you know the movie is getting a lot of hype. It's about to come out. It's on the film festival circuit, and it's interesting. So Idris Elba was talking about how he actually has a horse allergy, but starred in this movie where he had to be around horses quite a bit. Um. So he had to, he had to like get. Had he had to deal with his horse allergy while filming and how it affected his breathing. And it, it's kind of a cute interview. We'll definitely uh, link to it in the show notes so you can, one, learn a little bit more about the film, but two, learn a little bit more about <laughs> the actor's experiences uh, being around horses. And so the film is based on a book, though. It's based on a novel called Ghetto Cowboy, uh, which really explored the urban cowboys of philly um and i'm really excited to see it
1: that sounds really interesting i, yeah, that that I haven't heard of them cool. before
0: what about you jess
1: i have kind of an interesting one it's pretty cool so over in europe i think it's actually in england they're doing it there has been this whole new signs alerting drivers to riders presence on the roads and we have a bit of that here in aiken because a lot you know we even have horse crossings and everything else but i think A lot of kind of bigger cities or smaller towns or anything that aren't really equestrian involved or a lot of horses don't have them. And so basically they were super excited to announce that in Stratfordshire County, basically they decided to do eight different dead slow signs that are warning everybody to slow down in the Breewood Village. That basically, I guess it's right off the highways in England and they were having a lot of people between construction traffic and everything else where people were going. And there were a lot of blind turns and everything. So basically the riders and the council got together to basically between the authorities to put up all these signs to really make everything slow so that the horses were protected and that, you know, everybody was concerned with horses being, everyone knows if a car comes flying up on them, half of them could panic and it could be a bit again little bit of an incident. So they were all praised over there that basically the authorities came together and put up all these signs. So it was really good. Wow. Yeah. So they were just excited that everybody came together and collaborated and put this in. So good news over there that they're finally, you know, kind of recognizing a lot more horses in towns that aren't as prevalent for the horses.
2: Yeah. I think it's super important because so many people don't know how to pass Horses. Exactly. You know, it's it's not like a motorcycle. Like no. You can't just brain. fly by it. <laughs> yeah. So we just want to shout out to everybody who has supported us on Patreon. We really appreciate you guys continuing to support us and the show. We love doing it for you and we love interacting with you guys on our Facebook group. So thanks for letting us continue to do this. If you would like to contribute please go to patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash heels down so justine tell me about your rain gear
0: yeah i'm excited to tell you about my rain gear so we reviewed redding goats winter suit on the podcast before that's when you went to went to iceland was that where you went? yes yeah yeah so i took I took this suit with me to Iceland to give it a try in a really, a really cold place since I don't live in a cold place <laughs> and I, I love my Red and Goat suit actually. Every time I go skiing, my family and I, we try to go to Park City, Utah every year. I've brought it with me every time and I love it. So I got to try out Red and Goat's latest product, which is a waterproof rain suit essentially. And if you are already already familiar with Redding and Goat and you have their winter suit, it's very similar. It's just a lot lighter. It's specifically made for for the rain, so you're not you know you don't have such a big insulated suit to wear. Uh, it's breathable. It's waterproof. It has a ripstop shell, but it, it comes with all of these like perfect fixtures for riders. Uh, I really love that that they have the zippers up the back of your legs, so it's easy to pull over. You know, field boots if you're wearing them. Also, the hood that goes over your head is oversized, so your helmet or your helmet visor will will fit, um, even if you want to pull the hood up over your helmet, which is great. It has lots of pockets, which is important to me. It even has, like, cute spur holders uh, on the hips. Um, it really has everything you can think of that you would need if you're in the barn, and so I was uh, I, I got to play around with it the last week, which has been great because the tropical storm system came through around South Florida all the way through the Gulf um, and has now unfortunately become a hurricane. But uh, it, it brought a ton of rain to where I live here in Florida. So it was a great time to try this out. I will tell you, it's it's a little warm. I think it, that this is the type of rain suit that is perfect if you live in like the Pacific Northwest, if you're like from Vancouver or Seattle, where you may, you know, might be in the warmer months, but you still know you're going to get a lot of rain. Or even Ellie, for you, you know, maybe this is something you would wear in the spring, where it's not quite so cold that you need like in, an insulation layer. I do think it's it's roomy enough that you can wear layers underneath, but it's. It doesn't have the same warmth to it as the winter coat. For me, it just felt, you know, Florida's so hot and muggy this time of year that it definitely kept me dry, which was great. But it is a little warm for, to be wearing like in September in Florida. Like it would it's going to be great next month. Like the weather would be perfect to wear it then. It does come with a ton of ventilation, though. They have ventilation pockets in the armpits and then also some in the back. So you do you do feel some airflow when you're riding in it. And the other thing is I, I thought the fit was just slightly different than, than the winter coat. It was a little bit slimmer to me, which might be, um, you know, it's it's a suit for women. So I, it, it it fits you very, like, flattering. So I would just take that into consideration when you're looking at sizing. And if you want to check it out for yourself, uh, Red & Goat has great photos, great sizing information, all about their rain gear, which you can find by going to their website, which is Redding Goat Equestrian. You spell Redding Goat, R-E-D-I-N-G-O-T-E, equestrian.com.
1: Hey guys, this topic's come up a bunch between our listeners and I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I do have clients and they talk to me a little bit about it, but to keep yourself like, what do you do about riding alone, like safety tips and how do you stay focused, like without having the trainer? So talk to me a little about what your tips are, like how to track your progress, reach goals and not get kind of, for me, I get a little sidetracked. Like I always kind of need that accountability person. So how do you guys kind of go about it?
2: Oh boy. Yeah. So I think accountability is huge and that's something I've struggled with, you know, going into, so now my third year of um you know riding by myself just because you know i think that so much too when you grow up in the horse industry is we have you know you really create such a big community and a you know it's it's not just going to the barn to hang out with your horse it's also going to hang out with your friends and ride together and stuff like that so for me i find it hard when you know matt's not home to ride with me in terms of you know, having him available, but he's also horrible because we're both like, Oh, let's eat pizza and watch a movie. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, let's do that instead, you know, horses will be happy outside, you know, but so that is something I struggle with. And I, as much as I sometimes don't like them, I'm now in a lot of Facebook groups for people. You know, I see what other people are doing because sometimes it's kind of like going to a horse show when you know, you're not going to ride. You're like, Oh man, I want to ride. So I try to like look through Facebook and I'm like, Hey, you know, all these people are doing cool things with their horses. I need to go ride, you know? So that's kind of how I try to keep myself in line with that. And I try to talk to, you know, friends from back home and other people that ride in the area. So even though they're not here, you know, physically, I'm like, I'm going to go ride my horse today. You know, what did you work on today? Just to try to create that a community virtually, I guess, which during COVID times is helpful.
1: In terms of everyone's had to think, everyone's had to think outside the box for COVID (laughs)
0: definitely
2: in terms of safety. So my biggest thing is I have horses that don't like boundaries, so I will not ride outside if Matt is not around, because I know that if I fall off, my horse is going to jump out of my outdoor arena and he is, and it's a long walk from my outdoor arena back to the barn. I'm not worried about him going anywhere. There's lots of grass, but so that's something I always do. And I actually, as silly as it sounds, I still text my mom when I get on and I text her when I get off.
1: That's um, so have- smart. We make, we make, if anybody's at the farm and we're not there, we a hundred percent do it. Courtney's super anal about it. Like she does not want anybody to ride alone. So that's what I was actually going to recommend to the listeners is making sure you text somebody because every time someone gets on a horse, they're by themselves and someone's not there. And most of the time very infrequent, but like it does happen. So Courtney's like, look, I don't want to find out six hours later, you know, that you've fallen off or whatever. She's like, I want to know and send somebody over to look at it. So she has them text her when she gets on and when they get off. So no, that's not dumb at all.
2: Yeah. I mean, for me, right. My mom's 500 miles away so she there's not much she herself can do but i figure as long as somebody knows you know she could contact people she can call somebody yeah yeah and and she actually bought me an apple watch so it's got like that fall oh that's good alert system oh Um, okay yeah so I, i didn't know they had those but that was kind of interesting so that's a big thing and then i have cameras in my barn as well um, so I have one in the indoor arena so that if for some reason, you know, Matt hadn't heard from me for an hour, he could look on it and see, Oh, look, she's just laying there. <laughs> just probably, probably, should do something. <laughs> probably should just go check something out. But what do you do for safety, Justine? Cause I know that you ride a lot before work and stuff. And I don't know if that's a normal or a busy barn time.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I'm bad where I honestly just never thought about it for a long time. Cause I've, I rode on my own for so long, like after college, when I was just, um, you know, a recent grad and very poor, I just, you know, I took every opportunity that I could to ride. And then I, you know, was able to, um, pick up some horses and, I just have always been a little scrappy about those kinds of things up until recently. Um, but Earlier this year, I think it was January, I was like, I jumped by myself. So I was jumping my horse by myself at the farm, like in the middle of the day where everybody else was at work and not, not there. And I fell and it freaked me out. And like, luckily I was fine. Everything was fine. I just hit the ground pretty hard, but it freaked me out and reminded me that I am now in my thirties and it, you know, like I can't, I can't just, I have to be more responsible now. So I do have an Apple watch, which has the fall detection too. And it's set up to ping my husband and my mom. If for some reason I am ejected from the saddle and felt like fell hard enough that the watch would, would know. So, and I also just, you know, I also just don't think it's that important to jump when I by myself anymore. So I, I just really don't do it that much. So as for like training wise, just to stay on top of my game, you know, like I said, I rode, I rode by myself and horse showed by my, myself for probably like six years until recently, even where, you know, I, I was seeing a trainer maybe once a month, maybe a couple times a month. And other than that, I was, you know, I'd still go to the horse shows by myself or I would miss a month of lessons with her cause I couldn't afford it. And I would just send her videos of my riding when I felt like I was hitting like hitting a mental block and couldn't get past something or I would trailer out and see an instructor when I, when I knew I was dealing with a problem with my young green horse that I just, I needed help with. I needed a professional to figure it out. So I think video is just such a a wonderful tool for that, for at least keeping you, uh, for me, it helps to visualize and see what I'm doing wrong. And then it helps to send that to a professional so they can point out what I'm doing wrong. And then I can see it too in the video. Right. So then I know and, and and that's been really helpful to me too. I I'm I feel really good about the time I spent showing and training alone though. I feel like it's made me really independent, especially as an adult amateur and now that I'm in a at a training barn with other adult amateurs who take lessons and want to show, like I'm very comfortable having to school by myself or if my trainer has a conflict and has somebody else in another ring, like I'm not losing my marbles because I have to sit and wait, or maybe I have to go and do a hunt around without them. And I think, I think that's important. You got to have some confidence in your own ability, right? You can't just constantly rely on a trainer. So I, I really appreciate the time I spent doing that by myself That, that gave me that confidence. Like, Hey, I, I know I can do this. I wouldn't be at the horse show if I didn't think I could do it. Right. Yeah. But safety is a really big part of it too. And the older I get, that's, that's more and more important to me. So like. I can accomplish the same, almost the same thing by schooling my horse over ground poles. You know, like if I'm
1: trying to get the number
0: and trying to catch, you know, like trying to train my eye, I can do that with ground poles. I don't need to jump a three foot fence to get the feel for it, you know? And I think that's made me a better horseman too, is realizing those things. Like You don't have to jump every ride to get better at jumping. So, right.
2: Yeah. I mean, and for me too, right. So I... I haven't seen, Oh God, I don't even know if I want to admit this on the air. I haven't been to a trainer since college. So that's been really hard for me. Um, which I've never thought I record myself all the time, but I never thought about sending it to my trainer back home, Justine. So I'm going to do do that. Yeah. yeah. I am just going to say, hi, uh, I know I haven't ridden with you in a very long time, but help me please. (laughs) Um, my biggest thing is, so I've been breaking horses, right. And I'm sure, um, Justine, you know, I don't know if you have any experience with that, but I'm sure just, you know, it's a different kind of riding because it's it's stay on and be functional versus, you know, equitation and, you know, sure. really finessing things. So I really am trying to get my Berkeley horse back into the show ring like that is my my new goal, you know, so I'm trying to one get him back into shape because of my whole arena catastrophe and also like a full time job. So that pain in the rear, but so my biggest thing is you know I have to find somebody locally. So uh, plug if you know anybody in the northern PA area who uh, can truck out for lessons, let me know. <laughs> but I, I like the recording yourself and sending it to a trainer because I'd never thought about that, and we've t- talked about that with a less. And I I don't know why that didn't cross my mind. But what about you, Jess? So do you have any clients that you know are not really
1: regular with you. We have some that aren't regular or whatever, but the ones that are showing, they're pretty regular, but even the ones like that are showing we kind of come up with a game plan cuz they're not all based with us. So we say, look, like this is what you should do for the next couple weeks and just kind of give them like a broad overview kind of on things to work with so that they can kind of do kind of their homework type thing. And I think that best is if you kind of get the homework, then it keeps you motivated and it keeps you going, okay, I need to progress. So maybe the homework's kind of a couple different things that over a month, or maybe it's a weekly thing. So you can kind of do different things within that type of homework scale and say, look, why don't we try? And it can be very basic. It can be very, you know, detailed. It can be all of the above. And so I feel like just depending on the person of what they need, that really seems to help the most for ours is to say okay like keep this and then let's see you next time have already kind of like getting that way type thing if that makes sense oh
0: definitely that's exactly what I need like I I, I'm a very goal-oriented person so like I was seeing this dressage trainer like maybe once every three months and every time I left she would go by the next time I see you, I want you to be able to do your haunches in blah 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like she gave me these yeah. goals, so when I came back, like I, I I had enough to work on that I had I had something to show for it, right? Well, attainable goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was really important, and it it helped keep me motivated. And then it made you feel good when you reached those goals. You know, exactly. It always made me go, okay, what's next? What's next? You know, a
1: hundred percent.
0: One of my favorite products I use on my horse almost every ride are my Draper Therapies Perfect Polos. Perfect Polos are great for imperfect legs. Draper Therapies Perfect Polos combine the therapeutic benefits of silient with a great fitting Saratoga bandage. You can get a pair for yourself and feel the difference by going to drapertherapies.com. So guys, I wrote a story for Hillsdown Mag about a week ago that is talking about how show jumpers and just hunter jumper riders in general. I don't know if you've noticed this yourself going to horse shows or, or seeing riders at shows online, but so many more of them are starting to wear protective vests, like the same hard shell or air vests that you see in eventing. And so I spoke to Danielle Toronto, who is part of jet show stables and her husband is a grand Prix show jumper, Jimmy Toronto. And she, along with several other people, including Diana Bam- Babington, the wife of Kevin Babington, have really been pushing for vests to be um, almost a mandatory protective gear for show jumpers every time you go in the ring. Uh, Jess, have you seen this? I mean, I know you guys are at trying a lot. You're at a bunch of horse show venues. Are you seeing more jumpers getting into the into the vest trend?
1: A hundred percent. So like we all know with eventing, you have to have the hard vest, but you don't have to have the airbag vest, the air vest. So, but what you're seeing more, what we're seeing more in the jumper world is just the air vest. So because on cross country, like if you were to do a rotational or whatever, you have to have for that, that hard vest, but we actually don't ride without the air vest as well. Like it kind of is like, we don't use the combo one we have. We really like the arrow wear ones. Cause they're, they're hard enough and they've got all the beta testings, but they actually form to you quite well. And then our favorite, um, like top air bag vest is hit air because it actually expands outward. And a lot of people, you know, you're seeing a lot of the jumpers and stuff, using the vest and they have all these different types but for us the hit air one is our favorite because i used to before hit air even came over this country or whatever it's been years and years in the motorcycle world but it wasn't actually until kind of point two hit air kind of came out at the same time i actually started riding in an air vest Back in 09, we've talked about this on the podcast before where I had to ride in it in England and my dad made me ride in it and everything, but I didn't know much about it at the time. I just knew it was better to fall in an air vest than it was to fall without one because it doesn't hurt as bad. Like, you know, it's like when you're jumping in a bouncy castle, it's always better to land on air than the ground. So, but I started and they're all better, but for me personally, just when it, in when it explodes and it was going inward, it kind of made me feel a little claustrophobic, and I it kind of was like not comfortable. And so Doug actually turned me on to the Hit Air, and actually now a client of ours is the distributor for it, and she's been for forever. I just didn't know it, but she's taught us a lot about the air vest and that when it explodes outwards, it's why you don't feel that kind of claustrophobic because it just kind of pops open. And wow. so she actually. It's, she rides in it all the time when she show jumps. She does like the 120s and everything, like the low junior AMs. And she has a beautiful brown coat. And so she wears a brown air vest on top. And oh, so, wow. So yeah, it's but- really pretty. So you don't really notice it. And we've seen a lot of bigger riders wearing the ones that are incorporated into the jackets and everything. So mm-hmm. we're seeing all of these different kind of companies come up. You know, so for the show jumpers, because of, you know, Diane Babington's cousin, Kevin, and a lot of people saying, look, it would help and it does. And, you know, we've been talking to a lot of show jumpers who are like, I need to start wearing it all the time. Like, I need to do it. And I think you're going to see a lot more coming out in the next little bit. So much that another client, really good friend of ours, she's seen the need for it. She is actually just about to launch like a one stop shop for, all your safety needs. So it's safety stirrups, safety vest, everything. And she's doing like, so it'll be online and kind of like a trunk show start. Like you'll, you can go to the barn, she'll travel to your farm and everything. And so she's starting this whole company called Ride EquiSafe and they'll have like the websites going live. I think this week and everything, cause she's seen the need. She's she's actually in partner with one of our big horses. She's ridden through the mediums, you know, medium, uh, sorry, like, you know, one thirties basically and show jumping. So she's done it all kind of. And she's like, look, I think you need it. And so she did like a beginner novice novice. And she's like, I'm not going cross country without it. So she's, I think everybody's starting to see the need for it. So I think hundred percent.
0: You're definitely seeing it on social media like Catherine Tyree, all these um, Hope Glenn, who's a, who's a hunter rider talking yeah. about it to you. And, you know, I, th- I think it's a really interesting conversation because you can fall off and break your collarbone or fall off and hurt yourself. You don't have to be jumping. You don't have to be jumping these massive jumps like show jumpers do, like a meter 30 like that. That sounds enormous to me. That's yeah. something I will never do. But I could fall off my horse doing a novice fence and get hurt too, right? Just you the know? same
1: way, and that's why I think that's been a huge push, and you're seeing a lot more companies developing all this stuff and seeing the need for it. So mm-hmm. it, you know, it's just we see it a little bit more in the eventing, but you're seeing it in every sport, and you're seeing it where these companies are making vests so you don't even know they're, you know, air vest basically. You don't even see them, yeah. No, and talking- you're you're seeing everybody just wear the vest by themselves or over their show coats. And like, you're not going to notice of them, I think. So I was talking
0: to Alex Wells, who you guys know, we've had her on the show several times. She's an amateur show jumper. Her husband is Andrew Wells. He's a professional Grand Prix show jumper. And she was telling me everyone in their program, they wear an air vest every time they're in the tack. Now, whether they're jumping a ground pole or whether they're doing Grand Prix level jumps, it's just part of their program they're always in the air vests and you know it's funny I was talking to her when I was um, interviewing Danielle for this story going through like all of Andrew's photos on Instagram and I could not tell he was wearing the air vest but no he was wearing it in every single photo
1: you have to look for the cord that's the only way you can tell
0: right and the cord connects to the saddle right and that's when it knows how to deploy is when you're you're leaving so, the saddle is when it yeah. Deploys. So it's
1: like a retractable cord type thing, and mm-hmm. they're all the same. All the different companies are the same, basically. But they all have like retractable cord, and then a CO tar, Like basically, it just blows up as soon as you get enough force. Like you're falling off, basically. So it's safe if you know, because everybody always asks, like, is it safe if I get a little knocked loose or whatever? Like you can drop off. You know, we drop off. Six foot drops off at kentucky, you know five stars and they don't deploy they deploy only when you're like literally getting forced off the horse So it's pretty you're finding all these people noticing. Oh, wait, so You know, I think i've gotten you know, I think I heard some rumors and stuff that Chris Kapler's barn that if you're under 18, they're now requiring people to wear a vest. And you're just seeing all these kind of rumors and stuff happening. And I think it's a good thing because all these people are like, look, we could not have all these incidents if you were wearing it. So I think you're going to see a lot more push and a little bit more accessibility. So it doesn't look, you know, like I said, my one client, she wears her brown jacket. You can barely notice. Like we have pictures of her and you're like having to look and she has just the vest on top of her normal, whatever show coat. So it makes it affordable. You don't have to go buy new show coats. You can just buy the vest to go on top of it.
0: Well, and they're real light because they don't, they're they're super light. Yeah. Until they deploy. I think that's really interesting. And like Danielle told me too, from jet show stables, when I talked to her about it and Diana, that that the more people are talking about this and the more that they're showing that they're wearing them, that maybe the maybe USCF, maybe USHGA will see this as it's just the next helmet, right? It's just the next wave of pr- protection for riders. So we'll see what happens.
2: I mean, Jess, so you've ridden one. So is it different? Like, does it feel different than wearing one of like the hard shell cross country jackets? Oh, it's like, way lighter,
1: way okay. lighter.
2: Because I know some people ride with
1: both. And, um, well, so for a venting, you can't not wear the hard one, right? So you have to wear the hard one. And then people choose to wear the air vest because it's so much better, but there's no choice to wear the air vest basically. Like, I mean, there's no choice to wear the hard vest. So for us, a lot of times, like they'll go and we have clients that just want, when they want to jump, they don't wear the hard vest. They just put, we do when we go cross country, we would put both of them on, but just, you know, they're going to jump around or whatever. I have a client that every day she rides, she rides in just little air vests and you put it over your clothing and it just fits over. It's kind of like, you know, like a light vest type thing you'd wear. And in the middle of summer, the hit air one's like so breathable, you can like actually just stick it on and it's easy.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would just hope that, I mean, the, the hard part is they're so expensive you know, and I just hope that if it gets picked up that, you know, somebody can make it more accessible because I feel like so much of the industry,
1: right. Can't afford something like that. Um, I think they're more reasonable than you think. Are they? Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're going to go the show jackets that we're all talking about that are, you know, built in and everything, those are super expensive. And, but, you know, you think about all the times you ride and all the times you jump, like, I think it's, I don't know exactly the price. I'd have to look it up, but you can Google them all, but they're just under a couple hundred dollars basically. So you're not thinking thousands of dollars. Those are your jackets and stuff. And that's why, um, our friend Catherine that did the, uh, ride equity safe company. She's like, look, I want it to be a one-stop shop. So you have all the different options. So you don't have to go searching. You can try all the different things on and say, look, this is affordable or I want to spend more money and be, you know, in the bigger jacket and vest and everything. So no, I think it's a lot more affordable than you think. Oh good. That'll be great for people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. So it's time for Rose and Thorn, but I have a small surprise for both of you. We are bringing on a listener to play Rose Thorn with us this time. It's our, our first time ever doing this. And so we're bringing on Courtney Teeth, who's from Nashville, who's a very active person in our Facebook group. So hey, Courtney, how's it going?
3: Hey, it's good. How are you guys?
0: Good. Hey, hey, how's it
3: going? <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. But hey, before we play Rosenthorn with you, I know... You, we actually, so we, we talked about our favorite wines on this episode. So it just seemed fitting to talk to you about wine because I know um, there's a brand that you really like, right? So why don't you tell us about your wine preferences?
3: Yeah, so my favorite wine is Stout & Cellar, uh, which is the only clean crafted wine available. And what that means is basically that our wine only has grapes in it. There's no additives or anything, uh, no chemicals. Evidently, most wines, which I recently learned, have up to 16 grams of added sugar in them and over 250 added chemicals and other additives. So, Scout and Cellar wine is just 100% grapes. So, everyone that tells you I get a wine headache, I get the wine flu after just one glass kind of thing, that's not really something that happens with Scout and Cellar hmm. because it's just grapes. <laughs> But yeah, so that's my favorite brand. My favorite current wine, I guess, from them isn't actually a wine at all. It is like a vodka-type drink, but made out of grapes. So it's higher alcohol content than wine, and you mix it. It's called a mixable, and it's the only wine... "Quote unquote," one mixable in the entire world. <laughs> so this past weekend, it's called Wilderness Road. Road. This past weekend, I went camping, and I was like, "What better place to drink this than out campus in the wilderness?" But I mixed it. Like I mixed it with. I did mint and lime mixed with ginger beer and that was really delicious there's like a grapefruit recipe that someone gave me but I'm not a big fan of grapefruit it wasn't terrible and then my boyfriend Justin he drinks it and he's completely fine drinking it just like straight over ice Oh um, wow! but it's hot. yeah it's super cool and like I said that one's my favorite right now but we have red, whites rosés all of it's awesome no added sugar so it's diet friendly I guess like keto diet friendly paleo diet friendly because there's like essentially no carbs in it all low calorie and, and delicious
0: <laughs> oh my gosh speaking of your boyfriend so this all right this is the first time I met you Courtney and it was at we were in Kentucky for the horse show and <laughs> you had these you you had posted in the Facebook group about your socks right they're your lucky socks that Justin bought you yeah. and they they have his face on them, right? And I remember you, you took your, sho- <laughs> oh your shoes gosh. off and showed them to us on the cross-country yeah. course. And it's just its just your boyfriend's face all over your feet. <laughs> That's it amazing.
3: Is, it is. That's actually his, like, Facebook profile
0: picture. <laughs> is it? Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs>
3: it is. It is. It's one of his finest moments, for sure. He thinks he's super cool now. <laughs> oh
2: <my gosh. laughs> <laughs> well, now he's going to be sock famous. They're all going to order Justin face socks.
3: <laughs> oh, God. He would die. He already wants to put it on a shirt. He's like, I should get you, like, a shirt or a bikini. Let's do a bathing suit. I'm like, no, no oh bathing suit. Oh, my God. No <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show right. it to a horse show. with like a stock tie with his face on it.
0: <laughs> um, that's too funny. All right. Well, let's play Rose and Thorne. Who wants to go first? I can go first. All right. Go for it, Jess.
1: Okay. So I will start with my rose. It's nice. I finally have been back showing myself. So that would be my rose is ooh, I've been ooh. back horse showing. So that's fun. So that would How be my do rose getting back. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's fun. I've just been doing the jumpers and doing like the one tens and stuff, but that's fun. So just getting back at it and getting it, it's a little easier with the jumper shows with the flexibility with the kids and stuff. So if like, you know, one's losing its mind or something it's not like a set ride time and then I'm screwed for the whole week or something so we're kind of slowly easier just to do the jumpers right now but that's been good and fun so glad to be back at it and then my thorn is my thorn just because of one reason but my parents farm in Aiken has been for sale for like the last two years and it finally sold it's under contract which is great news that's actually not my thorn part of it my thorn part is we have 30 days to move. So <laughs> like packing up is going to be my thorn for the next 30 days. It's just getting everything organized. But thankfully for COVID and everything, we did lots of projects of cleaning up. So it shouldn't be too terrible. But just like everybody, everybody hates moving. So it's it's going to be great because then hopefully that makes us closer to moving into our new farm. So. Should be like you know, light at the end of the tunnel, but kind of a little thorn because we actually have to move now.
0: Wow,
2: what about so, you, Ellie? Um, well, I'll start with my thorn because it actually is very thorn-like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded <laughs> all right. Well, let me explain. So, my I Matt tells me I have too many hobbies. Which I was a little offended by, but in any case, I've started, (laughs) I've started whittling. (laughs) What? Yeah. So, um, (laughs) it actually, it came into my mind because my grandfather used to do it a lot and I have a lot of his carvings like around the house and stuff. And I was like, I want to give this a shot. So, you know, you know, 2am on Amazon, I was like, I'm gonna buy all my supplies and I'm gonna start <laughs> whittling. And um, so I've been doing a lot of bears and stuff. Um, which Yeah, your pictures,
0: I'm, you're quite good already, Ellie. They're oh, really thank
2: cute. You. I know. It's yeah. I'm the only one I know how to do. But um, Matt, for his birthday, which was the 14th, he wanted an alien egg, like from the movie Alien with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> with mm-hmm. a f- with a face hugger on the side of it, so I, I actually i'm I'm pretty happy with how it came out, but when I was working on it, I did something stupid and cut towards myself, and oh. I like took a really deep cut out of my arm, which probably needed stitches, but Matt and I are like, "Oh, we're just gonna throw some super glue in that, and we'll be fine." <laughs> so he was more worried about it than I was. but so in any case, it stopped bleeding. I'm fine, but I'm really frustrated about it because it's right on the like neck of one of my bears on my arm. So now it looks like my bear is decapitated and I'm really going to hope that the scar is small and then I can keep it together or else I'm like going to have to Sharpie it in every day because it's going to drive me crazy. It's just really upsetting. So I'm not upset about my cut. I'm upset that your bear's might,
1: decapitated.
2: You're tattooed.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and my, I mom understand. And my sister, I'd be upset. Right. They were laughing about it. They're like, oh, battle wounds. I'm like, it's not a joke. That's like not for fun. real. <laughs> Come on. Um, so that's my thorn because it was sharp like a thorn. That was my original joke that was pretty bad. <laughs> and my rose is that I am finally getting my arena refixed again. And that my insurance might cover some of it because I totally thought I was like, Hey, wait a minute. I have the barn insured. I should try to see if I can get some under like homeowner's insurance. So I'm through, I'm working on that process right now and they were just talking to the arena company. So I'm hoping that they will cover at least some of it. Um, Cause you know, money is money and it doesn't grow on trees. So that's my rose that they might, there's a possibility that I won't have to pay for all of it myself. <laughs> that would be
1: amazing.
2: yeah just even even some of it. I mean I'd be happy with 50 bucks at this point
1: just yeah right
2: <laughs> anything anything I'm okay with just begging the insurance companies <laughs> that should work you should do that <laughs> yeah yeah I'll just I'll just cry a little bit. I'm sure that
0: will work. <laughs> stick, with, stick with it. You got to keep fighting them if you want money from them.
2: Oh, I'll, I'll fight them. I've got I've got the scars to prove that I'm a warrior. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! <laughs> what about you, Justine? Let's see. My rose, I guess, is that uh, it's almost fall, which is horse show season, which is wonderful because I. So tired of summer. So, we just went to our first hunter show of the season and and stepped up fully, like we were a three foot hunter now. And Mikey was amazing and really held his own, and I'm really proud of him. And I'm excited to keep horse shown now. Like I've got, I've got the bug. Like I'm ready to keep going. You know, I saw um, the videos. He looked awesome. Oh, thank you. I'm very proud of him. He's a good boy. And then my thorn is that. I have realized fully from the horse show that I am too flabby from quarantine and got to get serious about my own body. (laughs) (laughs) If I want a horse show seriously, like if he's going to, you know, have to love me around, I got to do something too. So I am dieting and it is the worst. Just throwing it out there. I'm I'm irritable and angry because I'm dieting.
2: I'm with you there,
0: Justine. (laughs) I am with you. (laughs) So we'll see how I'm doing by the time we film next time because um, I'll probably (laughs) be worse.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we can can share struggles because I had to get on a client's horse at a horse show the other day and I hadn't worn my show jacket since college. And I had quite the muffin top
0: showing out the bottom of my jacket. And I'm like, I'm not buying a new one. So belly's got to go. Yep. it's exactly <laughs> pretty much how I felt. I was like, all right, it's time. <laughs> it's time to address this. <laughs> so
3: I feel like we... no one at horse shows is judging right now, though, because we've all we've all done it. We've all had quarantine. weight. come on.
2: <laughs>
0: That's true. That's true. We're all a little rusty. We're all a little flabby, you know. So, but what about you, Courtney? What's your rose and thorn?
2: Yeah.
3: So my rose, I actually lost my job back in March due to COVID. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been quarantining. Well, it worked out fine, but my, my roses, I finally got a new job. So that's exciting. I went back to week about three weeks ago. I'm back to work about three weeks ago. So that's super fun that I'm back to work and my, my new boss is amazing. My new job's super fun. So that's cool. But then my thorn is now that I've been off of work for months, and I don't know how to adult anymore. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a struggle, like the balance between riding and, you know, doing fun things and going to work is actually really hard. And I forgot. <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't get to, I don't get to do as many fun things anymore. So I'm excited to be back to work, but I'm definitely upset about it. too. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. Well, I feel you there. That's the struggle is like trying to do all the things, right?
3: For sure. I'm really lucky. I don't go in to work until 10 and I get off at six and it's like 20 minutes from my house in the barn. So I have plenty of time to do stuff. I just have to encourage myself to get out of the bed in the morning.
0: Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. It was great chatting with you.
3: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is so fun. I feel
0: so special to be the first listener on. Aww. All right. So we got a mailbag from Jenny in our Facebook group, and she wants to know, she says her saddle flap has some scuffs on one side, and it's getting worse as she continues to ride. So she's wondering if we have any tips on how to fix this or stop it from getting worse. Do you guys have any any good tricks or like good products that you like that help really buff out scuffs in your saddle, especially you know, if constant wear is ma- is really wearing out the leather.
1: I always just make sure I have, like, a really good conditioner. I don't really have, like, a favorite one, but make sure I have, like, a really good kind of, like, the balmy conditioner, like the one that's, like, not – it's, like, in a jar and mm-hmm. they're, like, super thick type things and several different companies make them. But just something thick like that, and I feel like that kind of just, like, slippery part and let it dry seems to really help ours if we get that way.
2: My biggest I just, you- Oh, Where go you ahead. go, Ellie. No, you go. I do. So there's this stuff called leather CPR. Like it's for like couches. Like we used to use it on my leather, my mom's leather couch all the time when the cat scratched it. So I use it, and I do like my inside and my half chaps and stuff with it because I think a lot of the times people forget that sand and stuff gets on your boots and your half chaps, and sometimes that causes scuffing. So yeah. I use use That's that a CPR good point. stuff. I mean, I, I don't use it on my saddle because I use like the specific stuff made for my saddle, but like definitely doing my boots and stuff with it and just making sure that,
0: you know, everything that touches each other is greased up, ready to go.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: So my biggest question for you, jenny about this is why is it getting worse on one side and not the other like i would be inspecting all of my stuff like the zipper on my boot or my half chaps my boots in general even my stirrup leathers like is there something like some sharp edge or something that's wrong that's causing that to happen because it feel like it shouldn't be wearing unevenly to the point that you're noticing one side more than the other right does that make sense to you guys
2: well, is so it w- the way that you're getting off? Like maybe it's your belt or something? Like are yeah. you sliding down? Cuz I've I've gotten a few knacks Definitely. on my saddle doing that.
0: So, I have two. So I would jump jump check all that out. <laughs> I would check check all your stuff and see why, you know, why is it that one area of your saddle that seems to be wearing quick more quickly than others? But yeah, there's tons of good products. I love the the thicker balmy type conditioners like you mentioned just but even sometimes this something like this where you want to like buff out something you know i had a a zipper on my pair of boots that broke and i had to i had to ride in it at a horse show before i could get it fixed and i like put a bunch of layers of black duct tape on the on like the actual zipper part that yeah. was still there to try to buffer it cuz i knew it was going to scratch my saddle and it still did, but the tape helped a little bit. But then it was oil. I, like, really had to oil out the scratches. And that took several, you know, times. several cleanings and several times to really kind of soften and fix the leather and get that out. But, um, but yeah, figure out what's causing that because it's not going to go away until you, until you find that, I think.
2: Yeah, and if you no, can't sure. find it out and your saddle is you know, relatively new, don't be afraid to contact the maker, you know, let them know and send them pictures because sometimes they have better advice for those kind of things. So.
0: Yeah. We spend too much money on our tack. Definitely call them, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So if you have a question for us and you want us to talk about it on the air, you can send us an email by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com, or you can join our Facebook group, which is how we know Courtney so well. And that's the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Brief, our daily email newsletter. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash HD Brief. And we want to say thank you to all of our partners this week, Eagle Gold, Redding Goat, and Draper Therapies. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers. Sure.